Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe on all of our platforms at Harp on Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, HarpOnSports.com, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and Apple Podcasts. What do we have in store for you on this edition? A little Miami mess? Well, kind of. The University of Miami's faculty is upset with Mario Cristobal's new contract. Welcome to reality, gang. It's been going on throughout the rest of America for 30 years. Going to explain that, dive into that, and why. That's just the price of doing business today. Understanding Urban Meyer's mess. You know, I've done a couple podcasts on this in the last few weeks, and, oh, it's reaching a boiling point. No, it's not. Why? Shad Khan's the reason why. Why Shad Khan is not firing Urban Meyer. He's just not. Look at that. And also, went to my first Army-Navy game. Got it from my dad a couple years ago for his birthday. Didn't get to go last year because of COVID. Went New York, MetLife. Remarkable what that game teaches me about the other big rivalries that I've seen. Florida, Florida State, Alabama, Auburn a couple times. Florida, Florida State a couple times. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State. There's some that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Texas, Oklahoma yet. Notre Dame, Southern Cal, I've seen that. Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State. This one is special. Georgia, Georgia Tech, I've seen that. Georgia, Auburn, I've seen that. This, Why this is special after actually getting to experience it for the first time. So right with Miami's mess, though. Faculty at Miami, upset. Don't like it. Mario Crystal Balls, $80 million deal over 10 years. And I get it. I get it. Miami underwent during COVID this massive structural change. Now, private university, public university, things are a little bit different, right? Well, private universities, private institutions can do what they want for the most part. Things don't have to be made public knowledge. So they can negotiate, cut your money, do all sorts of things with you. Yes, public schools can do that as well. But what happened at Miami? Well, they cut back all this money from faculty. The school made $400 million, and then they went out and gave Mario Cristobal an $80 million deal. And professors and the faculty at Miami are furious. Welcome to life. This has been going on forever. How long has the automotive industry been cutting? You can go back to Flint, Michigan days in the 80s. They've been cutting jobs on the automotive industry from since the 80s. Flint, Michigan's a, a city that it's barely has a pulse because of this. Go back and look at just cuts that have happened in other jobs. Factories closing, 30,000 jobs here, 10,000 jobs here. I mean, in the 90s, it was layoff after layoff after layoff in the automotive industry. Then it went to the big tech industry. Pick a job where there's massive layoffs. People just go and do other things then. You know, tech didn't exist really 30 years ago, not the way it does now. So those people then find another line of work. I've been part of a couple massive ones in radio. A couple massive ones. One, two years ago. Oh, we're going to cut 10%, 15% of our workforce. It happens all the time. So this whole thing, well, they cry poverty, they say they need the money, then they keep it and they pocket it. Welcome to... Life in 2022, I'd be concerned if I had a student at the University of Miami and their faculty doesn't understand that the university makes money, cuts your benefits, cuts faculty money, and then makes a bigger profit. That happens all the time. Keep wages down. 
keep profit up. Welcome to business. And look, universities, they do. I work at one. Operate within a bubble anyway. A lot of people that work there operate in a bubble because you know people have been there for 20 or 30 years, don't understand cuts, don't understand reduction in staff because faculties have gotten nothing but bigger. New education, right? Faculties have gotten bigger over the years. New professors, new things, new forms of study. Look how big computers have grown in 30 years. Other things have shrunk. So especially people that these professors have been around for 20, 30 years at Miami. How does Mario Cristobal make $80 million when we had to take a pay cut? Welcome to life. That happens all the time. Cuts here, cuts here, cuts here. Bonus. I saw that. CEO of a company I work got like a $25 million bonus when they cut 10% of the labor force. There's more than that. That's not right. Of course it's not right. You know, you know what? University of Miami, you don't like Mario Crystal Ball's deal? This, there's a solution to this. First day of class next year, all of you organized strike don't show up. If every professor at the University of Miami is upset about Mario Crystal Ball's contract, wait till classes start. Don't show up for two weeks. You get their attention. That's all you can do is not show up. You got to strike. That's all you can do. Private school will get fired. Well, I don't know what else to do. Complaining about things privately never get anything done. It's not right that he gets an $80 million deal. Well, it's a different budget than yours, right? The athletic department? I always look at athletics in its own little island. When you start to get into that thing that a coach shouldn't make that much, the faculty should make more money, firefighters and policemen and teachers should make more money, yeah, you're right. But they don't. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. I agree. Educators should make more, but they don't. And, you know, the thing is, $80 million, the way television network contracts pay out and what's going to happen at Miami, $80 million, he takes them to two or three major bowl games, they're going to make their money back. Education is secondary at major universities when it comes to football. Football, you can make more money. Think about this. A football coach and his staff bring 100,000 people into a stadium, even more consume products online, buy gear, buy merchandise. A professor brings in what? 100 students a semester. Let's say let's say a professor is awesome and has to teaching massive classes on how awesome you can be. Let's see a professor reaches 700 kids a semester. Massive class, 700 kids a semester. Football coach reaches that many 10 minutes after the gate opens for one football game. It's a, it's a profit thing. Navin Johnson, the jerk. It's a profit thing. So Miami faculty, I, anytime anybody's not accustomed to real world experiences, it's just funny that the University of Miami faculty, which is a great institution academically, it's not fair he's making that much money. We just had to take a bunch of cuts. They just cut a bunch of money. School made $400 million. We we had to take cuts and they're paying $80 million. This isn't right. You're not for, what do you think was going on at GM and Ford when they're making cut after cut after cut the last 40 years? You've been paying attention? Flint, Michigan. Been paying attention at all? It's a raw deal. Going to strike. Don't show up for the first month of class. You'll get their attention. Now, is the University of Miami going to hire all new professors in that time? No, but if kids are sitting around for a whole month, you'll get their attention. Either that or you can complain anonymously. See what gets done. So there's that at Miami. Urban Meyer. <laughs> Last podcast we did talk about he's not going anywhere. You have to understand the Urban Meyer-Shodcon relationship here. Shad Khan came out and said he's not going anywhere. Now another story leaks about the assistant coaches and how Urban Myers called them out individually. What have you ever won? What have you accomplished? He hired him. It's his responsibility, right? But if you can blame other people 
for your mistakes, or you get to the point where the buck doesn't stop here. Mind you of a certain political figure in the last couple of years. Not my fault. I fired him. I shouldn't have hired him. Made a mistake. My fault. I actually never said my fault, right? Urban Meyer's behaving like our last president, right? It's all their fault. Not me. Their fault. How's Urban Meyer behaving any different than, than President Trump did? Same approach, right? Not my fault. Their fault. And look, he almost re I said almost reelected, but electoral college wise, he had a strong run, right? Why is that? Because people buy into it. People in life like to blame other people. Not my fault. It's your fault. Not my fault. That person's fault. Not my fault. Couldn't hear you too loud. Not my fault. Traffic. Not my fault. Not my fault. Not my fault. Easy to blame other people. Again, Shad Khan doubling down on Urban Meyer. Think about this. Dave Caldwell comes in, gets seven years to run things, right? Is it seven, eight years when it was all said and done? Eight? Couldn't get it done. But Urban Meyer gave him a gigantic leash, Urban Meyer. Shad Khan. Now Urban Meyer comes in. Remember, Tom Coughlin was put into place by Shad to create this structure. Didn't work. Backfired. Now, all the blame that Tom Coughlin got was ridiculous and unfair, but still. Urban Meyer comes in. Shad Khan waited for him. Remember, Caldwell gone. No GM. Shad Khan waited. Trent Balky and all. Shad Khan wanted Urban Meyer. Shad Khan circled Urban. This is Shad Khan's baby. This concept is Shad Khan's baby. You think Shad Khan's bailing on this after a year? And then I see a report tonight that, oh, those inside think that Charlie Strong would be a leading candidate. I like Charlie, but no. Guys, it's not going to happen. You can wish it to happen. And all this stuff leaking, obviously somebody is leaking things out on Urban Meyer. He's not happy with it. Okay, got to figure out who's doing it. Poison pill. Now the question is, at the end of the year, does Urban clear everybody out, which he will do? Got to find the right person that's doing it. I'm sure he has a pretty good idea who's doing it. So, yeah, is it ugly? You bet. Are people stabbing each other in the back? You bet. But I can think of 48 million reasons why Shad Khan's just not going to come in and blow it up. Actually, it's more than 48 million. But time you count all the assistants and everything. If Shad Khan blows this up, he's going to have to pay Urban Meyer $48 million. He's not going to do it. He's not. They redid Andrew Norwell's contract a couple times to bring him back. Look at that. I mean, that, they don't want to waste money. Shad Khan doesn't like to waste money. He just doesn't. So if you think that he's going to pay, you can believe it if you want. Go ahead, knock yourself out. I was looking at this, and the, the, the way this is constructed, you almost have to let it roll. Now, there's one person. There's one person that can end all this. There's one person, seriously, that if he went into Shad Khan's office and said, Sir, I, look, I, it's not going to work out between us. If Trevor Lawrence went into Shad Khan's office and said, I, this is not working. I'm not developing. This isn't working. But you look around at Ohio State quarterbacks over the years and the success that they've had. Everybody, everybody loves Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, don't they? Everybody loved Urban and Tim. Urban didn't get credit for that. Then you go collegiately. Look at the job quarterbacks did under Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Pretty good, wouldn't you say? At least I would say they were pretty good over the years. Won a national championship. Cardell Jones, they had some success. So he kind of knows what he's doing there, doesn't he? NFL's a different beast. I get it. I get it. Trevor Lawrence is the one guy that can end this. Trevor Lawrence holds Urban Meyer's fate in his hands. If if Urban's gone, it's because Trevor Lawrence wants it to be so. If Trevor Lawrence goes in and goes, I, I, I like him, I want to keep him around. Not Coach's fault. He's not going anywhere. Everybody, oh, look at the media. Look what everybody's saying. Look what everybody's, look at all this dissension. 
the more and more, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be overwhelming. Jacksonville doesn't have that type of media pressure. If this were New York City and this is going on, yeah. Dallas, sure. Chicago, okay. Detroit, maybe. You get in a city where there's that much pressure, maybe. Jacksonville, no. So, here to tell you, Urban, you need to understand that Shad Khan picked him. Shad Khan paid him. Shad Khan did that contract. Shad Khan's not going to give up on that after a year. He's just not. And the Jaguars will have the most cap space in the NFL next year. They'll get Etienne back, which is like, you know, I guess an extra draft pick, another player coming in. Who knows what they're going to do financially? He's going to change some things up? Yeah, he's going to change some things up. If Urban's gone, it's because Urban chose to leave. I don't think he's leaving. I just don't. So, you don't have to believe me. Just watch. One to wrap with this. Army-Navy. Got to experience Army-Navy for the first time in person. Uh, been to a couple Florida Florida State games over the years. A couple Alabama-Auburn games. A couple Iron Bowls. Uh, Michigan-Michigan State. Michigan-Ohio State. Notre Dame-USC. Notre Dame-Michigan. You know, Michigan. I can go up and down. You know, Georgia-Georgia Tech. Georgia-Auburn. South Carolina-Clemson. Been to a lot of them. Nebraska-Oklahoma. Not the rivalry it used to be, but it's pretty big. I know they tried to make Nebraska, Colorado something, but it, it never really stuck. My year out there, yeah, I've seen a lot of them, been to a lot of them. Have there's certain ones I haven't been to. I've never been to Oklahoma, Texas. Haven't got to experience that. Just haven't. Certain ones I'd love to see. Certain ones don't exist anymore. I mean, I like to go to Bedlam once just to check that out. There's a bunch of them I'd like to see. Here's the here, here's the thing. You know, people talk about what makes a great rivalry, and one of the things that somebody always says when both teams are terrible, like Florida and Florida State were this year, it's like, you can throw the records out the window. Well, if that's the case, Army-Navy's number one. Doesn't matter. Well, the problem with that game is it never means anything. Really? When's the last time Florida-Florida State meant something? Like the winner gets to play for the national championship. One team may, it may mean something for, but both teams, rivalries were both teams it means something for? Michigan-Ohio State this year. Michigan, Ohio State, about four or five years ago. Alabama, Auburn, it usually means more than anything else. Texas, Oklahoma, over the last 15 years, I would argue is the one that's meant the most because the winner of that usually wins the Big 12 or it's right there at the end. Sometimes Oklahoma, Oklahoma State matters. Three quarters of the time, it doesn't. Clemson, South Carolina, eh. Notre Dame, USC, well, means Notre Dame gets to make the college football playoff. When USC was running it, it meant USC gets to play for the national championship. But that's just it. Over the years, people, oh, the game. Well, the problem with this is it doesn't it doesn't hold any weight and hold any standard on what, the, you know, who gets to go to who gets to go to what. Eighty percent of your rivalries don't mean anything in terms of playing playing for what third place in the SEC. T- tell me what. Tell me what. <laughs> Think about this. Pitt, West Virginia, backyard brawl, great. Okay, well, what's it mean for things? Texas, Texas A and M, Texas, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Texas, Texas A and M's gone. Indiana, Purdue. Oh, you can find a bunch of rivalries out there. BYU, Utah. No, the winner of that didn't do anything. So, you know, just so that's the concept of rivalries and what they mean and what they matter. This one is just different, and I can try to explain it to you, but you kind of have to be there. I know it's a cop out, but when you're there, I, you know, I got there. We got there. My dad and I got there three hours before the game, and experiencing that. Going through that, while the cadets on the field and the midshipmen and all the pageantry before, you can't get enough of it. Like, oh, this is so awesome. Just the pageantry and the joint chiefs and everybody there. And, 
Everybody talks about how they love America. Well, this is America on full display. This is why we get to be who we are. Young men and women that protect us. Willingly choosing to do so. Not forced to do so, choosing to do so. The best of us. And, you know, it's a game and, oh, they run the triple option. And, okay, so what? So what? You know, you watch movies. I think people would be hard-pressed to say Rocky One wasn't the best one. The simplest ones, the more crazy and the more abstract and weirder they get, the less special they are. Core raw is what makes it special. Well, the core and the rawness of this is what makes it special. And, you know, this is everything to them. It is. It is everything to them. But they're mutually respectful of one another, too, as they fight and they play and they claw and they scratch. And then afterwards, you know, we saw afterwards cadets and midshipmen hopping in Ubers and going to Times Square. And they love their country. This is their thing. They play this football game. The football game is almost secondary to everything that's going on. But just the electricity and the respect and everything that goes into it and you know, yeah, they'll get in each other's throats on the field. But you saw after the game, there's no fighting. They shake hands. One team is crushed that they lost. One team, that's sportsmanship. There's got to be a winner. There's got to be a loser. We hate to lose. We had a chance. We blew. Everybody should experience it. They should. And what's interesting about that is this is one, this is one of the big, big observations that I made. Every college football game you go to, the crowd gets their cues from the band. Da, 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 dun, dun. Oh, oh, here we go. It's fight, it's fight song time. First down. Oh, 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 yeah. Every, every college football game you go to, the crowd gets their cues from the band. Not this one. That's the biggest difference that I could make in terms of the atmosphere at the game. What makes the atmosphere there special? When you say the students, it, it, it actually is. It's the cadets and the midshipmen and the energy that they provide. They're the ones that push the atmosphere. They're the ones that push the momentum. They make up about 25%, not even that many, 20% of the people in attendance, and they push the narrative. The band are the cadets and the midshipmen, not the band. Again, college football, your cues. Next time you go to a college football game, like the band's cueing us, the band's cueing, and you follow along. Pavlov's dog, right? Ring the bell. Fans sit there and they get their cue and they follow their cue. Oh, look at that. Okay, okay. Not this one. The cue comes from the energy. The cue comes from the game. Not the band triggering the fight song. That's the difference. People drive the passion. Not percussion driving the passion. And band's fine. Whatever. whatever. What If you love it, that's fine. But I'm telling you what makes this one unique is the people in the stands push the passion. Not the band cueing you, ringing a bell. Okay, here's what you do now. Here comes this chant. And look, Florida has its rivalry, you know, has its traditions. Tom Petty, those things are cool. That's things, those things are fine. But I'm telling you what separates Army and Navy from the rest of them. It's the people. The people inside that stadium. That's what makes it special. And I don't, you know, there's still ones that I want to see. But after watching that, it's like, oh, you've never seen an atmosphere. I, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And in New York, the 20th anniversary and 9-11 and all that. Also did some cool things, you know, 
<laughs> After the Army Navy game, my dad and I went to the polo grounds. I'm always fascinated by like old baseball stadiums and things that don't exist anymore. I don't know why. Don't know why. But I guess it's a nostalgia thing. Oh, here's where this used to be. Here's where this used to be. Here's where this used to be. And going to the polo grounds, where home plate is, and the polo grounds, what do you call them? The projects is what they are. But, the you know, was it Coogan's Bluff and the brushy, the brush staircase and all that, that, that stuff, that stuff's so cool to me. Ebbets Field, that, that, of all the things in New York that I got to experience, that was the thing that is, we went and did it and then we went on a Sopranos thing. Pizza Land is fantastic, by the way. Oh my God, that's good pizza. And also Holston's, it's an ice cream shop for Tony, well, allegedly at the end. But through all that, Ebbets Field was one of those places going there in Ebbets Field's apartment. I could sit there and say, you could wipe out these apartments and build a park right here today. You could do it. Fair to the residents there, but th- th- I loved Brooklyn. My tour in New York, loved it. Polo grounds—you couldn't build a baseball park there. You couldn't. Nobody. You couldn't. You just really couldn't. Yankee Stadium's a mile away, two miles away from there. But Brooklyn, if anybody, come on, some mayor, get some cojones, tear those apartments, and I put a ballpark back there. I just thought that neighborhood was so cool, so neat, special, special. Army Navy. There we go. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, radio, media network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on all your platforms. Buzzsprout, uh, Buzzsprout Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And check out HarpOnSports.com, the new website. Check it out. going to put a cool article up. Um, my weekend in New York with my dad. I've got a bunch of pictures, videos, a bunch of cool stuff to show you at HarpOnSports.com. Probably going to get that out there on Wednesday. So there you go. And remember... Stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.